You are listening to Genuine Chit Chat. This show is for real. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week, I'm joined by friend of the show, Tony Farina. He's been on episodes 71 and 88 of Genuine Chit Chat, and I've been on his show, Indie Comic Spotlight, several times. Details are in the description. But this week, we're not talking about any of those things. We are talking about Weezer. They're a very influential rock band that a lot of people haven't really listened to very much outside of their singles. So myself and Tony went through their entire discography over the year of 2022, and we've ranked their albums, given our top five songs as well and also give a lot of information about the band so this is part one of that conversation so we explain how we first heard about weezer why we like them so much give some information about the band including talking about some of the weird stigmas that air quotes fans have from albums after pinkerton and also we then start the discography ranking towards the end of part one so in part two obviously we're going to continue that we speak about the rest of the rankings and also a lot of other information including our top tracks so if you want to hear part two without having to wait a week please consider going to patreon.com slash genuine chit chat for instant access to the full unsplit episode as well as a ton of extra bonus content and loads of other things for as little as one pound a month so please check out the show notes as always and listen right to the very end of this so you can hear what's coming up in more detail in part two and other stuff i am doing but thank you as always for listening my friends and i give you part one of my conversation with tony farina welcome to genuine chit chat where we have honest conversations with interesting people and i'm your host mike burton There we go. Here I am today with a powerful Tony Farina, but we're not here to focus on Tony or his book deal or his amazing podcasts or anything else that's amazing about him, but there will be details in the show notes. Instead, we're focusing on the world's biggest small band ever or the smallest big band ever, however you want to frame it, but it's Weezer. Uh, and any listeners, there will be video to this. Go onto YouTube and you'll see Tony doing the vague weezer symbol so it's all, all good fun he's gonna do the entire two hours so that's it that's all he's I'm not allowed I'm just gonna yeah, do he's... this am i gonna speak this is the only time i'm gonna speak <laughs> you should have written speak. weezer on your hands as well and then no it really... doesn't say weezer on my hand it has something else written on my hand but yes um <laughs> i'm my hand right you know because when I you're a forgetful you person do. yeah you know what you can't do lose your hand uh that's a good point i mean i, I normally i mean i'm surrounded video people will be aware i'm surrounded by post-it notes so there's there's my notebook my yeah i've got my notebook uh, which is one of my now eight notebooks to do podcasting three of which are full up nice uh three are full up from podcasting the rest are kind of blank apart from this one on my guest book uh, and then i've also just got post-it notes all around me and stuff some of them like this one is just what star wars comics i'm doing for the next month it's not that people think there's some sort of magic behind how i choose my next star wars episode it's normally just write it all down and go uh that what's next that one, i haven't read I have i read that book yet yeah right. <laughs> yeah did i get that copy yet? yeah sure. <laughs> but um yeah we're talking about weezer um so weezer are as i said they're the biggest small band ever and there's a sketch which i'll put in the description the snl release that tony showed me a while ago it only came out about four five years ago i think it was just before black came out and yeah. it's it's very very accurate and it's funny because since i've told people how much i've been getting into weezer and then a, a, the way i describe them is they've they've surprised me by becoming one of my all-time favorite bands without me even knowing because i got my spotify wrapped um the end of this year and obviously you and i we've been talking about doing this weezer thing since seasons was announced so the, the whole of 2022 yeah we've been waiting for this out. for a year we yeah. have been and there was a kind of thoughts of this sort of thing but when seasons came out we we're like let's do it and there was a couple of weezer albums i've been slowly making my way through the discography but i hadn't um there's a few albums i hadn't sort of listened to so i've spent the year making sure i listened to it in, in free time not like every day um but spotify came out and went, oh yeah weezer's your favorite band by quite a lot and i was like are they and then i was like oh wait no i've got over 100 like songs of them i like more songs of them than some of my favorite bands have released in total um so they've snuck up and i'm I've found myself constantly talking to my friends about Weezer and none of them give a shit at all. No at one all. cares. One of my friends went, you know what? I haven't really listened to Weezer properly. What's the best album? And uh, this isn't, I'm not spoiling necessarily what I'm saying the top album is, but now my recommended to them is OK Human, very orchestral. And then I heard back from them and they said, uh, yeah, I listened to a couple of tracks, but couldn't get into it. And I'm like, you didn't even finish the album. I was like, how can you judge an album it's and like not even finish it? It's like 32 minutes long too. Uh, no Weezer album. This is the funny thing. I've noticed that no Weezer albums, excluding like deluxe editions and stuff, surpass like 40 minutes. They're yeah. pretty much all between 30 and like 34. 34 minutes is a real... I've noticed there's at least five albums of theirs that are 40 minutes, uh, 34 minutes long. It's like... I used to yeah. think 30 minutes is too short for an album, but now in the age of Spotify and all that stuff, I'm like, I'd rather 30-minute albums because then we don't get 
an hour album with only about 15 minutes of actual good music in there. Um, but before I get into all our Weezer stuff um, and what we're kind of doing, we're, we're loose. We're basically personally ranking the albums. Um, some we're going to kind of skit over because they're not as exciting to talk about. We're going to focus on our top albums and maybe the bottom. And then we've also got a list of our favorite kind of songs. But this podcast is going to serve specifically, and I'll put it in the intro, but if you're on YouTube, there is no intro, so here it is. Um, this podcast is going to be a variety of things to different people. To Weezer fans, it's probably going to be offensive. Um, to Jim, yeah, 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 it's going to really, especially my list, is going to really upset some people. Um, then it's also serving as an introduction because many people in the comics and motion Discord and stuff, they lot like a lot of my friends are like, yeah, I've heard the singles from their first album. Uh, I've heard Buddy Holly, I've probably heard Islands in the Sun, and that's literally it. And I've never, and I used to be the same because I was like those singles aren't that good and kind of stand by that to a degree but we'll get to that not necessarily under the sun i think the first album but sure yeah basically this is kind of serving as also a way i'm hoping that at least one person listening will, will go okay I'll, I'll give weezer a listen i'll check out a couple of the songs i'd say if you've never really listened to weezer before listen to some of our tracks that we say is our favorites and then kind of dip in and out that's all i've been doing for the last like three years is just every now and then i'm like i kind of fancy something easy listening that's not ed sheeran and it's a bit more rocky, a bit more edgy, a bit more, a bit of everything, but still kind of rocky. Weezer. But before we delve into that, I asked very late because I'm atrocious at uh, asking people questions unless the episode is only to ask audience questions. But very briefly, I asked people on Discord um, that if they had anything to say about Weezer. So I know I'll forget this because when we get into our conversations, the blinkers go on. So I'm getting sure. all that stuff out of the way so we can just talk because you haven't really yeah. said a word yet. So I'm just going to read out. Um, so hello, Mike. You're yes, looking handsome today. The beard looks great. Thank you, good sir. Yeah, it's nice and yeah. thick, luscious. Yeah. And uh, you're looking very good. You're looking quite thin, like, looking like you've lost Thank a bit you. of weight. Thank you. Yeah, I have. Yes. Yeah, and you're looking sure. even sexier than usual. Ooh. But we're not here, you know, yeah. to fluff Tony. As we're bringing, love we're <laughs> Chris, Chris would say, you're not here to be my fluffer. No, exactly. No, I don't need to do that. <laughs> um, but we've got, uh, there's like five comments from Discord, because I didn't put it out into the universe, so I'm sorry, friends. Um just of what people think about Weezer. So I'm just going to very quickly go through them and then it'll be more of a free room and I'll get Tony to tell his Weezer origin story. I can't so, wait. I asked in Discord and Spider Dan and the Secret Balls. He said, I saw them at Leeds Fest 2010, barely listened to them prior. They seem to have a very chill indie sound, but seeing them live, they were very, um, they were anything but. Energetic and anarchic anarchic oh my god like anarchy anarchic dragging people up on stage constantly one of the best performances that weekend they asked for any requests one of the people in the crowd near us too far from the stage to be heard jokingly said play teenage dirtbag by wheatus and they immediately started playing and, and the crowd went sane people started looking at this guy like he was dr manhattan now i will say with that story i actually first saw we i've only seen weezer once and i first saw them at a festival around 2010 and they played teenage dirtbag by wheatus so you were there <laughs> not at the same one no but it must have been like he was at leeds festival and i went to sonosphere which wasn't in leeds it was in somewhere else i can't nebworth i think um but i'd never really listened to weezer much and that was my first experience of them of them playing a song by wheatus which is the band name with the closest name to them possible so causing as much confusion as possible um then a couple more comments Dave Horrocks, the podfather, said, can't say I'm familiar with them at all. Outside of their popular hits, it's strange I don't recall um, them from the mid-90s. We were being flooded with Britpop bands around that time, but I don't remember them playing at any of the rock nights. I do remember Body Holly and Hashpipe being on the regular rotation of Kerrang! TV in the early 2000s. Uh, Max Byrne said their cover of Africa is fun. And then Blake Biles said, I first encountered them via Buddy Holly appearing on the Windows 95 CD. I spent a lot of time on the family PC in the 90s and really enjoyed firing up that video, marvelling at the editing, how they spliced themselves into the footage. As I grew up and became an editor myself, I could easily see the tricks and parts where it didn't work, but they left it in it was an extremely creative video to accompany an extremely catchy jam i wouldn't say i know their whole catalog but when they get it right they really get it right um so lots of interesting comments and each of those comments you could break apart you know i'm sure we'll talk about the music videos at some point um and stuff but tony i give you are in a lot of reason a lot of ways the reason for my weezer um i wouldn't even say rebirth kind of me really opening the door to weezer the weezer so, science yeah exactly so what is or the weezer sphere what what got you into weezer because you're uh, a little bit older than me even though you I'm look the same age because you're, you're yeah. very very young very young looking thank but you yeah yeah tell us so it, the first album the blue album came out in 94 which was wasn't my called the blue year. album then yeah yeah your birth year and <laughs> yes. i was my, my junior year of college. So Weezer have been um, about as long as I've been alive, basically. Yeah, yeah. Or so you, if not slightly before, technically. Yeah, the demos. uni, as you guys would say. So mm. it's my junior year of university. Um, but I went to a college, which again, it's a whole thing. 
um, which I'm learning as I'm writing a book that takes place in England. Wow, words. Anyway, um, so uh, it just came out. So I was living in, I was a, a resident assistant uh, my sophomore and junior year. So um, I had cable in my room, which in the early 90s, that was a big deal. Not everybody did that. Like you, most people didn't have cable in their TV, in their in their dorm rooms. There was like a big room. So I had it though, because I was an RA. And so MTV was on and I grew up, I'm an MTV person, like MTV when I was like 12, 13, we got it. So MTV was always a big thing. So late at night, there would be a thing called 120 Minutes, which was an overnight show. It was on, I think, on Saturday nights and then Sunday nights was had Banger's Ball or it was the other way around. One of them, I, I watched them both. Actually, uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit actually debuted on Headbanger's Ball before mm. it became alternative. They, they thought, oh, this is going to be a metal band. So they released Smells Like Teen Spirit. That's where I saw wow. it, the debut on Headbanger's Ball. Anyway, so... Weezer comes out the, the uh, sweater song, which is just like them singing and there's a bunch of dogs. And it's just like kind of this weird talky. There's like at a party and you're like, oh, man, whatever. And I, I didn't know what was happening. And I was like, I like whatever this is. And then um, and then the Buddy Holly comes out. And I was, again, a big video. Spike Jones did the videos for those. Spike Jones, the director, who's gone on to do. He started as a video director. He did Beastie Boy Sabotage. That's what mm. music people probably know him most for, which is the greatest music video in the history of the world, period. End of discussion. Well, let's, but I love that. But I loved him. So it was like kind of Spike Jones brought me in too, knowing he was directing these guys' music videos. Buddy Holly takes place inside of a Happy Days show. And it was like, these guys are pretty fun. And so I got the, and you know, back then we would just like dub. I was still listening to cassettes. CDs were a thing, but we were still mostly trading tapes. So I don't remember who it was. Somebody got it. I had it. And then the bass player in my band was going to go see Lush. Lush was a British Britpop band um, and Weezer was going to open. And I really liked Lush and, and Q was like, hey man, I've got tickets to go see Lush and Weezer's open. And I was like, cool. Um, and so this was like towards the end of that, ten- towards the end of my junior year. So the single was out, the full album was maybe out. Um, but I couldn't, when you're in a resident assistant, you have to do on call and I couldn't get off being on <laughs> call. So I didn't get to go. Um, and I was like, ah, and so I've never actually seen them live. Um, I've seen videos of them live. So anyway, so I was there from the beginning. Um, and then, you know, two years later, uh, when Pinkerton came out, I enjoyed Pinkerton. I wasn't one of the instant haters of Pinkerton. It was fine. But then they took, what, five years until the next album, four or five years till the next album came out. So by the time the next album came out, Green with the new band, I was now a young dad and everything. And then, so it, so I kind of, during Green, Maladroit, and then I, those albums, I didn't, I was aware tangentially. Um, and then by the time I got divorced from my first wife, Make Believe came out, and then I could catch back up. And then I've been there ever since. So that is my Weezer story. I've been with them from the beginning. There's a handful of bands that are like that, them, uh, Bare Naked Ladies. I bought their first album. I've actually seen them like five times. Nice. The Beastie Boys. There's just a handful. I saw them three times. There's a handful of bands. I was there. Like I got their first album and I've stayed with them the whole way. And obviously the Beastie Boys are no longer. And uh, a band, obviously, because MCA is no longer with us. But uh, so that's it. That's my Weezer story. Just uh, th- there was something about them. Now, I didn't always worn glasses. And it just so happens that I wear the Rivers Cuomo glasses. But it's always like the... Um, I always knew that when and if I needed glasses, I would wear these because I'm clumsy and the big chunky glasses are good for me. Um, so it's always just weird. But it's like these nerdy guys, they wrote about stuff that was interesting. And when we get to my top songs on that first album, there's a song. And I'll just tell everybody it's called In the Garage. And I was like, this is how I know this is my band. I actually specifically uh, when because we exchanged what our top fives would be because I want to make sure that there weren't any songs I not listened to fully and in the garage was one of them to be honest um, because I'm gonna upset a lot of people I actively okay. do not like the blue album I think out of the 16 albums that we are tackling uh, well okay so there's 16 Weezer albums one of them is a covers album which is teal which we're not touching um in this but i do not, love hands yeah, down it, i think teal's great yeah I'll, I'll clarify weezer i did not realize how many covers they do on every yeah. album they release they seem to do a deluxe edition and on almost all deluxes they have covers and i'm like yeah. don't care about covers and then i heard their cover of unbreak my heart and i was like this is fucking brilliant <laughs> I was like, it's so good <laughs> i like the original anyway but the thing is of me is i never have covers convert me i don't yeah. think i i've 
because I, I describe myself kind of on the nose as genre fluid, and I think yourself is quite similar as well. For sure, just, yeah. I if it's death metal, classical. I was listening to Vivaldi the other day, and obviously that connects with Weezer seasons as well. Yeah. Listen to Vivaldi one minute, Slipknot the next, Sia the next. You know, um, all kinds. I know of your music. love for Sia. I it's love Sia. So I know much. you do. Her yeah. Christmas album is one of the best. I think albums written. To be completely honest, the way you can write a Christmas album and it be that good, I don't understand how she does it. But no one else. Once again. No one else listens to a Christmas album. People want to listen to the same 50 bloody songs every fucking year. And they don't want to listen to like 16 completely original, catchy, brilliant, sometimes heartfelt songs. And people are like, no, see, I don't like her. It's like, fuck off. I don't like Christmas music. <laughs> yeah, nor do I. Do I heard the Sia album? Sorry. Um, I get very, it's very totally animated fair. about Sia. Yeah, yeah. Um, but regardless of all that sort of jazz. So with Weezer, with me kind of... The way I, I look, the way with covers, I was going to say, is that with covers, I, if I like the original song, if it's pop or whatever, then if there's a cover, I'll normally be like, oh, this is marginally better or worse. But it's the melody that means things to me more so. You know, if mm-hmm. if there's a normally if there's a pop song and I really like it and there's a metal esque cover, as long as it's not over the top and going on tropes or the song is pointless to cover, things like Seven Nation Army, it should be illegal to cover that song. It's pathetic. Yeah, why bother? Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, right. it's like the mo- one of the most simple songs ever written, and it's brilliant, and it need it can stay that way. People have covered it on X Factor, all kinds of places. Don't. Why? What? You can't change enough about the song to make it your own. Whereas another band that do some great covers is Placebo. Placebo covered a 20th Century Boy, which is a really cool, very similar to the original, but then they did Running Up That Hill, obviously the Kate Bush song, completely completely changed the sound of it their cover is one of the most depressing songs i've ever heard and it's mm. oh, brilliant it's so good and they uh the pixies they cover whereas my mind loads of cool stuff so i like it when bands do get to do some covers i think marilyn manson's music's mostly quite crap but his covers are quite good ignoring his personal recent politics but you know so it, and him being a monster beyond yeah. just being politics just being an evil bastard well yeah. i've heard I, I don't know much about it that's why i kind of just i, yeah, I yeah. heard there was something with him and uh Evan. Yes, that's it. The one who plays Dolores in Westworld. Mm-hmm. And I heard she came out about something a while ago. But usually with that sort of stuff, I'm just... I I try not to consume it. Not because I want to make these monsters okay in my mind. But yeah. some, I've done it before. Where I've gone delve deep into some controversies about someone. And then it turned out that stuff wasn't true. Or part of it was. And it wasn't. But then they still got their career back. And I'm just like, I can't. Yeah, I hear I you. Generally, yeah, yeah. there's some people who are piece of shit. Like Chris Brown can fuck off and hope he dies. Like I don't give a shit about that person. He literally <laughs> sure. do not care. He, I would happily sign a petition to kill him. He's, I hate him. But apart from him, there's really very few people I'm that vehemently angry about. And I don't want to be. I don't want to be a hateful person. So I try to avoid it. But what I was trying to say is that with with myself interrupting myself like four times, is there's <laughs> basically I've done a I've done a list of sixteen Weezer albums because I've separated Pinkerton Deluxe with Pinkerton Standard. Uh, because it's a very big difference to for me of those bonus tracks. Then I I was like, oh, that's the only one that really matters with Deluxe. And then I realized they've released a deluxe edition of every single album apart from their last like five because, you know, streaming. They haven't stopped. Yeah, and no they point. haven't stopped making albums. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's just everything has basically a deluxe edition, but I'm not tackling all the deluxe ones. Basically, right, because the difference is the deluxe mm-hmm. of everything else is here's some songs we've recorded that didn't, yeah. we didn't put on the album where it's like for hardcore fans, you're going to want this. Like the Ratitude one's only four songs. Deluxe yeah, yeah. is only four extra songs. So it's like, I remember when I first got it, I was like, I, I, something's wrong with my CD. Why is there only four songs? Like I didn't understand. Um, but because it was a, it was a double disc, mm-hmm. so you're, like, you're getting a whole other disc. There should be other more than four songs on. Um, but like with Pinkerton, because it's a lot of the songs are redone, but there's like five or six different songs that were recorded, and it's weird to hear. In and I didn't listen to it till you told me about it because I didn't because again, like you, I was like, oh well, all the bonus ones are just bonus tracks. But this is a oh, because it's weird to hear Matt on it. You hear his voice a lot, and it's like, oh, from the from the time machine, Matt. That's him. You hear him singing and playing um, the original basses. So it's 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 really good. So yeah, I agree. Why Pinkerton is two two separate albums, but for me, they kind of land in the sameish yeah. place. So they're going to come up. At the I'm same only time. I'm only differentiating yeah. them because of my journey with Weezer. I yeah. I've come in, I listen to their newer stuff and I've gone back. Whereas obviously you started right. at the start. So we've gone in completely opposite directions. Correct. And so which is why my views are probably going to upset a lot more people. Um, but I've got some fun facts about various stuff, but we'll get onto that kind of uh, as we kind of get there. Um, yeah. We've kind of tackled the majority of things. So should we talk about the, the, what the, why, why fans are going to be mad at you or do we not? Do we yeah. that just come up organically? Oh, it will, it will come up. Um, okay. basic, but I will say that, 
it's probably good yeah as you see um i'll give a very brief idea but i think you will have a better idea which is basically um because of this snl sketch that i referenced link in the description make sure you watch it it's brilliant is leslie jones didn't know who they were by the way really she never she just is that good she shows up (laughs) they wrote it you know there's three nerd guys on Saturday night live they wrote this sketch and they did it and matt matt damon was down he was like, I'll put, I look, I can do this. I like Weezer. He does so look like he did could it, be Weezer. <laughs> I know. And so Leslie Jones didn't know. She just was like, they're like, B. So she just, that was all acting. She totally, but she fucking nailed it. Oh, exactly so the controversy. Good. I've yeah. literally contur- had. How do you guys say controversy? Uh, controversy. Some people say controversy, but I think Controversy. It's yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Controversy. Yeah. I th- controversy. That's why I like to say it. Not controversy. Control. Controversy. Control. Controversy. <laughs> control. Anyway, because I think anyway. control. I assume controversy comes from like control is the word. You can't control a controversy. I don't know if mm. if the if you go back in the words if that means anything. But in my mind, it's control controversy. Where it not. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. But um, that's all good. Anyway. The SNL sketch. They basically said. It, there's a whole thing with the Weezer fan base, which essentially the Blue album is held as the best album ever, apart from arguably Pinkerton. And then from there, most people don't really care about Weezer apart from the Green album. Because also, when we refer to albums in colours, it's because Weezer have, I think, seven or eight self-titled albums, and they just theme them differently from the covers. And so it's just right. now known as Blue, White, Black, you know, Teal. Uh, we'll go through them. But basically, yeah. Pinkerton and uh, the Blue Album are held in real high regard, and a lot of Weezer's other, other music is really not regarded very highly, even though they do constant headline tours, they sell out, they have currently at the moment got, th- and they haven't released an album for over a year, yep, they've been releasing EPs, but generally albums get a lot more bigger listens off there's anniversaries. They are currently on like 13 million Spotify listeners per month, that's just on Spotify, and that's a band that's been going for nearly 30 years, still releasing music, and they're still selling out shows, still big cultural importance but no one seems to know who they are it's such yeah. a paradox it is it's weird it's no, amazing no other band yeah. like that yeah and it is and so that is what it is is so people feel like so when when with the green album so what happens is is matt leaves because there was like a four-year like i mentioned there was this break and so matt the original bassist leaves for lots of reasons and we're not going to get into there we don't know them this is all conjecture but we do know that mikey day comes and mikey was in river's other band that he made so rivers is 53 years old so when this album came out he was in well into his 20s but he finally got into harvard which was kind of a dream of his so even though he's not a traditional college-aged guy he goes to harvard so the band kind of gets put on on hold after pinkerton and he makes this other band because of course he can't stop making music because he's clearly spectrumy um, and he can't help himself. And so anyway, so Mikey Day comes on to be the new bassist because he's a friend of his from this other band, but he has severe um, mental issues and uh, addiction issues. And so he, his anxiety prevented him from touring because like they weren't expecting the Green Album to do anything, but it's like Pinkerton built this, had this cult following for the four years while they weren't making music. And Brian started his own band and Pat started his own band. And, you know, they're both talented musicians and they're just like, okay, Weezer's over. We made these two great albums, whatever. So Mikey comes in. And so I think people accept him as the new bass player because he was in Rivers' other band and he totally gets Rivers, this whole thing. (laughs) And then, um, and then he leaves for all of those reasons. So then when Scott comes in and Scott doesn't look like he belongs and Weezer, Scott's like, like Scott's a Marine, Scott's a dude. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's built like a dude, and he, he doesn't was, look like I mean, a nerd. Which Weezer's right? Not nothing against Weezer or nerds because we love we are nerds and yeah. we love nerds. But like you right. look at me and I go, I love stars. People don't go, no, yeah, you like Star right. Wars. And if you say to people, yeah, I'm an author, yeah. people don't go, yeah. you an author? Yeah, yeah. I thought but you were like a, a you know, this, yeah, yeah right. I thought you were some sort of crazy, <laughs> you know, skydiver or something. So, no, you, right. you do fit the the criteria that stereotyping yeah. authors. So do Weezer for nerds, right? And so because Scott is like a foot taller than everybody, and he's built like a brick chick. Brick shit house and was literally in the military and he's he's got this big presence and his voice is different than than Mikey and Matt's and his bass playing is different because I which we'll talk about so when he came in I think people didn't like that they didn't accept him and so there's this break from Maladroit on that people are saying well that's garbage music and it's like but three quarters of the band is the same Brian didn't Brian who's amazing guitarist didn't join Weezer until right before Blue came out he he He's not even doing all the music on the album. Like the other guitarist did some of it. Brian did, Brian finished it. But it's like, so this happens to bands, right? I mean, the Beatles, Pete, Pete Best was the first drummer, 
right? Stu Setcliffe was the original bass. The Beatles used to have five guys in it, and everybody's okay with that for some reason. And when you know, when when Ronnie Wood comes in, when Brian Jones died, everybody wasn't like, "Fuck the Rolling Stones, you fucking piece of shit, worst band ever." You're well, Metallica, like, oh, you're the fuck- bassist of Metallica, you know, uh, Richard uh, Richard Burton was it or Cliff Burton? He was like. Cliff. Cliff, that was it. Richard Burton's the actor. Yeah. Um, yeah, Cliff yeah. Burton, yeah, he died in that tragic bus yeah. accident. And that was and like did, yeah. in the kind of the, pinnacle of Metallica. And then yeah. they continue with the chap whose name escapes me, Dom or something. And I've seen him live, so I know who this guy yeah. is. He's been with them longer than literally anyone now because he's basically Correct. been there for like decades now. Yeah. But no one goes, Metallica, oh, yeah, Metallica died after Cliff died. No, no one says that. <laughs> but it's for some reason with this, there's something about Matt that everybody, and again, he's, I'm not saying he was a bad bass player but or whatever. So I don't know what it is other than I, I am I am the Matt Damon character in the sketch where where I the thing that I love about Weezer and again I mentioned Bare Naked Ladies and Fountains of Wayne were another band that kind of are are in the same um you know they they broke up and the guy died and everything but the, the, there's these bands that that grow and change and I think and again going back to the Beatles like they were only banned for seven years, but like the difference between Love, Love Me Do and like Revolution Number Nine on the White Album, or you know, like when you get to the very last album, Abbey Road was the last album they recorded. Um, even though Let It Be was the last, there's like you can't tell me she came in through the bathroom window and you know, I saw her standing there. We wouldn't think that's even the same band, and that's okay. But for whatever reason, the truth, the, the Leslie people from the Weezer sketch say. They died in they, they, 1996, their band ended and everything after that. It's like fake. And I don't understand it. Like, of course they're different. And this is the one thing that'll be fun through this through this conversation because you're coming in reverse order and seeing where they came from. And I was there watching them evolve, growing up with them. Like, we're all Gen Xers, me and the guys from Weezer. And we all are in our, you know, either in our 50s or almost 50. And so I think there's nothing wrong with growing and changing. I mean, do you want to do the same? Because if if they put out another album that was exactly the blue album, everyone would be like, oh, lame, it's just another blue album. Mm -hmm. But you're like, oh, but I'm going to give you gratitude. And you're like, that sucks. What the fuck, man? What do you want? And It is weird. They're the only band. Nobody looks at, again, Rolling Stone's Sticky Fingers and is like, that album sucks. That album's fucking awesome. You know, or like Tattoo You, which came out the one that has Start Me Up on it. Like, nobody's like, oh, you know, when the Stones got to the 80s, lame. No, they're still fucking putting out hits, and they're still making really good music. And so nobody looks at 1966 Rolling Stones and 1982 Rolling Stones and is like, well, they're bad now. Why? They're different. <laughs> this start. There's no way they would have written that song in 1964. People you change. Know, but, That's the thing. Right, it's just bands. They bands consist yeah. of people. People change. I literally... Do- well, here's an example that some people might find shocking. When I first watched Star Wars Revenge of the Sith at the cinema, I didn't like it, okay? I watched yeah. it like a year or so later when it came out on home release, which, back for any young listeners, that's how long you had to usually wait. It a was six I months, know. if you're lucky, normally a year till a film comes out on home release, normally longer to actually afford it. Whereas now yeah, it's like, like I was in the cinema. when they first came out, yeah. yeah. Whereas now it's like, oh, it's in the cinema. And also it's streaming if you want it as well. It's like Disney yeah. Plus is like, you can watch it in the cinema or at home. And it's like, why Why would I go out? <laughs> yeah, but, I can just sit at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's one of those things, and I even say, that's like a very minor short space of time. But it's even just like, you, if anyone looks at themselves and looks at the music they liked as a, not, not just the music they liked as a teenager, but like the music that struck a chord with them as a teenager compared to the music that struck a chord with them in their 30s or 40s or movies that you like or food that you like or people that you like or things you like to do. I'm much more introverted than I was 10 years ago. If I write music, which I can't, but if, if I wrote music, my music now would be very different to how it was 10 years ago. Of course. I want bands to change. Bring Me the Horizon is probably... Bring Me the Horizon and Eminem are two bands that I think to a degree get Weezer Syndrome. Nowhere near as bad. But because both of them, for different reasons, are such mammoth genre changing bands and weezer are in a lot of ways are that but they're just not really recognized as it to by a lot of because people because of whereas, their audience yeah whereas eminem's yeah. like the biggest rapper ever and also bring the horizon in the alternative scene is the biggest alternative band of the last who's who started in the last 20 years you know you move away from slipknot i made and metallica kiss bands like that so what modern bands do you have you've got slipknot who started in 98 whose album was 99 and then Architects, I guess, or System of a Down, who's at the same sort of time. No one else has really released an album, their first album in the 2000s, and is this massive band, apart from Bring Me. Bring Me released albums, they got really, 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 really heavy, and then they slowly got less heavy. They made an album that everyone in the metal scene considered perfect. They made another album that everyone considered near perfect. They made another album that's a bit more poppy that I love and have on vinyl over there. 
Nice. That everyone fucking hated, apart from me and my mate Reese, who's been on Jenna and Chip yeah. many times. We, I love that, that album. First guest, Reece. Yeah, first and a hundredth. I'm uh, assuming I, that he's got a plaque at his house. <laughs> it says first and hundred. No, yeah. unfortunately not. Maybe one day. Maybe One I mean, day I've, we'll get that for him. Yeah. I have got uh, something that a friend of mine made me because I helped them start a podcast. I do have podcast mentor. Uh, oh, nice. So I a friend that. of mine made me a nice little trophy, which is cool. But... um. Yeah, me and my friend Reese, we're the only ones who seem to really like that album by uh, Bringing the Horizon. It's called Ammo, and I love it. It's got like grimes on it and all kinds of weird uh, things on it. And then they released an album afterwards uh, around COVID, and it goes back to their original. And everyone's like, oh yeah, bring me back. And I'm like, A, I love that album, but B, I'd rather have a band that change and do weird different things constantly. And yeah, maybe only one in three albums is a hit, but at least you get a hit rather than going, we're just, I, I call it, I call it Kill Switch Engage Syndrome because there's a band called Kill Switch Engage that are brilliant, but every album they release is basically the same. Apart, the only difference you could tell is they change singers. So aside, mm. so they've got Howard Jones, who's got an incredible voice, and they've got Howard three, Jones. Howard Jones. Uh, it's not the pop singer Howard Jones. No, it's a different oh. Howard Jones. No, so but, you got. Remember, I'm old. Don't no, I know. Start I know. Howard Jones at me. I know. Oh, I oh, thought as I said oh, Howard Jones, I was like, I bet oh, it's gonna click. No, oh, it's not that Howard Jones. No, it's okay. a different gentleman. Uh, but he's got an amazing voice. <laughs> but he's got four albums with them. If you listen to the first time he made with them and the fourth, they sound a bit different. But if you sound, if you listen album to album, any song could almost be on any album, and every song sounds basically the same. And I go, if you love Kill Switch Engage, that's great because you've just got four albums that everything sounds great. But if you want any variation of music, you listen to one song, you go, oh, this is amazing. This is like their best track, their big single. And then you listen to the album, you go, this is this is just the same as the single, but slightly worse. <laughs> now I like Kill Switch to clarify, but I don't want I want bands to take risks. Same with movies. I'd rather a movie tries and fails than is just this bland average. And that's why I feel about music. I, I I like experiment experimental music. I like weird different things. Yeah, put classical music with death metal to it. Try it. See where it goes. Has someone done it before? Probably. But see if you can mix it together. If everyone does the same shit, then all the music would be Ed Sheeran. And I like right. mind Ed Sheeran, but I describe right. him as the Ed Corm. I describe him as the chicken corma of music. He's the blandest curry dish everyone generally likes. But if your favourite curry or favourite sort of Indian style food, even though korma is not an Indian dish, but ignoring that, if if your favourite curry is a korma, you don't really like curry that much. Now, if Ed Sheeran's mm. your favourite artist, that's fine. But if you love Ed Sheeran more than any other artist in the world, I can probably, and this is me being kind of a dick, I can probably bet that if Ed Sheeran's your number one artist, you probably don't actually like a wide variety of genres. That's not to say to downplay anyone like Ed Sheeran. I like Ed Sheeran. But you probably don't even like all of Ed Sheeran's music then. No, because he no. loves rap. Like, he well, raps that's it. on I every album. I think his rapping is awful. That's the thing. I think his rapping is atrocious. Now, I know a lot of people like it, and that's fine. I've got, I'm have got. i not yeah. a gatekeeper with music, and I'm not trying to make anyone who likes Ed Sheeran feel bad. But it's yeah. that kind of comparison. It's the same. Sure. Any, any band that's, like, in the charts constantly or is known as one of the biggest bands in the entire world, if they are your absolute top favorite band and you have no other bands that even close to compare most of the time is because you listen to music that's primarily in the charts and stuff. And there's not a problem right. with that. But few people who think Ed Sheeran is the best artist in the world, most of them probably haven't listened to a lot of other singer-songwriters who are there before him, probably. Yeah, that's kind of I sound like a dick. No, I get it, no, 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 no. But I, but I also think too. There's this. There's the and there and again. There's nothing wrong if you're just a radio listener or you're just a whatever your whatever your thing, whatever mm. your service tells you to listen to or whatever, and you listen to that, and you like that, and the algorithms tell that's that's fine, mm. that's awesome because you're getting a wide variety, and every once in a while you get like a gem, right? Like we we don't you know we don't stream. Um, the way that you do, we don't Spotify, but like we use iHeartRadio because it's still radio. So like the, the artists get paid a little bit. I and mean, you don't get to pick. It's just like you pick a station and it'll be like Sarah Bareilles Radio. Sarah Bareilles, by the way, did a guest spot on Jimmy Kimmel Live. As if if you're wondering if you want you to, she sang it as a duet. Oh, you amazing! Can watch that on YouTube. It's amazing. You can tell she was having the most fun. Um, but like, so you will, like we both love Sarah Bareilles, singer songwriter, um, so pianist. So she'll we'll click a Sarah Bareilles radio and you'll get like, oh, here's somebody I've never heard of. And so we we picked up a couple of artists because the algorithm is like, well, if you like Sarah Bareilles radio, check out this person, Alice Merton, like her or Jax or whomever, you know. So you oh, yeah, find Megan's really been into Jax recently. Jax She's got some really amazing good. music. Her, some of her older stuff yeah. is incredible. I know. Love it. I, and that was it. We just stumbled across it that way. So that is okay. And if that's the only thing you like, that one Jax song, that's okay, too. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong Mike isn't saying there's anything wrong with liking all of Ed Sheeran's hits because Ed Sheeran's hits, there's a fucking ton of them. There's a fuck yeah. ton of them, and they're all really good. It's, but I it's would hard agree. not to like all Ed. There's, I'd say you can almost not listen to all of Ed Sheeran's albums and not like a single song. If you do, you're either an insane and musical elitist, or you're the fussiest person in the world, or you just lie. Correct. Right. 
right. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh, I want to be cool and say I don't like Ed Sheeran, which is exactly. fine. You, again, you can do that. But right. But I think what it is, even people who own, who he's their favorite artist or Taylor Swift is their, they haven't listened to the rest of the albums, like the deeper cuts, like when you're that big, say, like one of my all time favorite bands here, again, I was there from the beginning, Duran Duran. Um, not like I found a Duran Duran, but you know, like I was there. They were, they were my first concert and I was there when they first came out, you know, yeah. in the late seventies, early eighties. Like I was there for that first album. Um, Cause we knew, we knew people from the UK. So they actually even had the original Duran Duran first album that didn't have, is there something I should know on it? Like the original UK release and everything. Wow. So, cause that's how we discovered them. These British friends we had, my, my mom was friends with their mom and, you know, so we just kind of, you know, they how the it ones is. used to give you our Terry chocolate oranges as well. That's them. Yep. Those are them. Yep. The males were their last name. So they, um, so that's how we heard of Duran Duran. Like just, you know, so, but I was always a big, you know, big, big fan of them, but like the deeper cuts on their albums, most people, like you could go to a Duran Duran show and you'd be like, I've never heard anything other than a hit. And there's going to be 25 songs, you know, but then you're like, what is this weird thing? Is he playing the flute? What the fuck is that? And you're like, oh yeah, that's, that's like, you know, the deep cut, you know? <laughs> right. And that is yeah. true. There's, a, that happens. Or like, there's a sitar on love is the answer. And we, and it's like, but remember everyone's like, what the fuck? Why is there a sitar in this? Well, the fucking Beatles did it first. Right, the Beatles brought sitars to pop music. George Harrison did, so it's been done before. But that didn't get released as a single. No, no like no. I'm sure the first time somebody heard on Sergeant or on Revolver, George playing a sitar, everybody's like, "Did I have a stroke? What's going on?" I felt like that when I heard "Love Is the Answer." Yeah, I love on the, is the Answer. By the I, way, yeah. I do not. I am I not a song. fan, but I appreciate them doing something different. Even the totally, Beatles did right. first in Echo, but every yeah. Beatles on everything Every, first. But of course. But you know what I mean? That's the point. It's like, yeah. so, so again, there's nothing, if Ed Sheeran's your favorite artist, that's totally awesome. And, but if you only know the hit songs, it's like, you'll be shocked when you're, you're like hearing some of his, his deeper cuts or the one album that has all that, you know, the one when his grandma died and he made all the Irish music and the, mm. the back end of the album. I think that was divide. Mm. And you're like, Oh, or, you know, it's like, what the fuck? All these Irish songs. You're like, well, that's he was feeling it, you know? So it's like, he could do whatever he wants. He's the biggest artist in the world. So I do, he doesn't get the shit though, like Weezer does, and maybe it's because he always knows how to put out a hit. Mm. Where he's like, and that could be, and maybe that's what we'll learn is that there's a secret to p- picking the singles mm. as opposed to the deep cut. Where every like, there's not Weezer doesn't really do singles, like yeah. they release them as singles. Like, you know, one of my f- songs that we'll get to, thank God for Girls, was released as a single. First, it was just released as a so just as a song before the white album came out i was like oh my god this is amazing i love this song i know it was like weezer just put out a single that's what they're going to start doing now and they're like nah psych we're still putting out <laughs> um we made you buy it twice sucker because i buy music so that's what happened i bought thank god for girls as a single and then it was like six months later it was on the white album um but you know that's just to think so i just think there's something about like they they have their own sensibility too Mm. And so that's part of it too. I remember when the big flap came out about Ratitude came out and people really shit on Ratitude. Um, there were like there was a petition people were trying to um pay the record company to never print it again. And Pat said, Jesus. Well, if you want to raise $20 million, um, we'll split that four ways and we'll break up. Wow. Said, if you want to raise work, $20 million, clearly. you give us and it didn't obviously the because it's like the 10 rabid fans who are screaming, yelling. So I think that's part of it too. And it's almost like people have been shamed into pretending they don't like Weezer because there's these rabid, like less, less, I keep saying Leslie, who doesn't care, but Leslie in the clip, <laughs> well, the Leslie Jones characters who are like, it's only too good. I'll maybe give you green. Like they're like the squeaky wheel. Just like everything in our society. It's so polarized. So it's like, if you're like, oh man, I love gratitude. Like you said, people are going to come at you with pitchforks, but you're like, but calm the fuck down. It's just music. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, music's a weird one. Me and Jack had this conversation, um, a while ago when he first came on genuine chit chat and we spoke about movies and stuff we touched on it a little bit and saying it's really weird because if you critique someone's mu- movie taste without being insulting people don't get as offended i might because i i hold movies i enjoy very dear to my heart but i'm not gonna be offended if someone said star wars phantom menace is crap don't get me wrong because it's, it's not the best made movie but you know if you said because you like star wars the phantom menace i don't listen to your opinions on movies that would offend me that's what i'm kind of getting at music sure. a whole cu- different cat of fish you can start an album someone likes people take that personally because people connect more i think there's certain movies that are exceptions but the majority of the time 
people connect with albums in vastly different ways. A lot of the time, people go through hard times, albums connect with them, things like that. But it's funny with Weezer because with... We'll get into the album. We'll get into album ranking so we can kind of talk about the albums as a whole. Sure. Um, but it's weird you say about singles because I've on my top five list, I've written if they are singles, what number single they were. And it's like Seasons, they released four EPs this year. Apparently, according to Wikipedia, okay, they've only got one single out for it for four EPs, which is an hour and a half of music. However, a little bit of love was the only one. Yeah, but they do have three... Uh, they have a lyric video for every EP, but they also have a video to... Um, dark enough to see the stars which i love and also they've got another song as well with a video so i'm like what defines as a single if you've got an hour and a half of music where every weezer album is about 30 minutes you've got two music videos out three lyric videos but none of them seem to be the single i don't i don't know what constitutes a single anymore i think it's a bit muddy because of spotify yeah Um, i agree but also with Pinkerton, one thing uh, to note with Weezer as well, which I, because I've, I went down a big re- Weezer rabbit hole, massive uh, a preparation and, for and this. Megan is super excited we're recording this. Yeah, so I can stop chatting about Weezer and stop playing <laughs> constant Weezer for the last like, six months. But you won't stop. Probably not. Stop. I've actually no. really gone into them now. And now I know I like every album. Like, yeah. I want to clarify that to all listeners. I, I enjoy every single album. I think one yeah. album is way worse than all of them. And then I think a second album is almost as bad. And then the rest of them, I think, are all pretty But close. the thing is, it's not... You're comparing... Because you're, again, comparing it to other Weezer albums. Like, exactly. The, the Their worst album is still better than a lot of other albums. Yeah, so we're going to rank album them. Yeah. is better than worse albums of bands I love more. Like, there's Correct. bands I like more than Weezer, but they've released albums worse. Um, but it's one thing with Pinkerton, because Pinkerton is the is the big crux of Weezer. It's a really yeah. weird thing. You can We could have an entire podcast talking about just about Pinkerton, because it's an insane mm-hmm. amount of like, almost lore behind it. You know, you said he went to Harvard. He went to Harvard to study classic composition. He's one of those guys, Rivers Cuomo. Also, with people saying that, you know, people joining the band, it messed up their sound. Rivers writes almost all of their music. All, like, he writes so much music, he's not only got his Weezer and his side band, and the Cuomo home tapes, which are just random stuff he makes, sometimes become songs, sometimes don't. He's got like three huge albums alone, yeah, alone. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you've got all this stuff and everything else he does, and songs he's co-written, and songs he's featured on. And blah, blah. He just wants to get music out. But he released Pinkerton, and then Pinkerton was voted by the Rolling Stone listeners as the third worst album of 1996. So... Pinkerton got slated. No one seemed to like it. Weezer basically all hid, you know, in different ways. Uh, Rivers obviously went to Harvard and studied classic composition. And then he had to have a surgery to make his uh, one of his legs longer because he has a shorter he leg than the other. That I don't know yeah, why I yeah. need to describe that. That was a really weird thing. But he did that. And then he, when he was in that state, I think that's when he wrote a lot of Pinkerton, I think. Because he was in like, a lot of pain. Yeah. He was in a lot of pain. He was isolated, all this stuff. But he was actually writing a rock opera called Songs from a Black Hole. And then they he had pieces of it together and then they just kind of dropped it but a lot of it got used to make pinkerton so pinkerton is this weird frankenstein release where it's like and they're especially not when you all the deluxe even edition. together yeah no. they're not even together correct no. yeah it, it's such a weird album in itself especially when you get the deluxe stuff and you realize this is kind of the uncut version of the album and it's a mess in a good way but you've got like the normal album they're like two or three bonus tracks then you've got like a live song a bonus track three live songs two bonus tracks then like three more live songs two alternate versions then two more tracks that i think are the best tracks on the whole album then six live tracks at end and and you're like who put this together it seems like someone just got all the songs together as like marbles and just went yeah and it was like that's where they land and it's like yeah what's happening yeah because they're 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 not in any particular order no they're just li- yeah. almost literally thrown on there but pinkerton yeah as it it was voted the worst so this is one of my little things it was voted the third worst album of 1996 now that is a very harsh thing to do then since then it was, it was a couple years after it came out you know we obviously hid away because everyone basically hated their really passionate album and stuff and then since then, it's been named as one of the greatest albums of all time, which I do not agree with, to clarify. I don't think it's Weezer's best album, let alone one of the best albums of all time. But since then, it obviously got done that. Then in 2010, so about 14 years later, that's when the special edition special edition got released, because that's when they were confident enough that people weren't going to shit all over their music again, it seems. And um, yeah, it's just... It, I would love to have heard that rock opera. If I, had, if I had a genie and loads of random wishes, aside from wishing, you know health for myself and all kinds of selfish wishes if i had like five wishes i could just keep for me and then i had like 10 random kind of small wishes one of them would be i wish weezer could now just suddenly decide to create that rock opera could you imagine they could, though. how good but they it could. would be 
They could, yeah, they and they could, should, and it, I want them to. Because the fact that they did seasons. So, like, mm. this was something they kind of always joked about doing seasons, which was one album that came out on the Equinox each year based on Vivaldi. And it was just some joke that they did. Because, as you said, he studied classical music. They're all amazing musicians. 100%. There was a stretch there during the Hurley tour um, where Pat Rivers wasn't playing guitar at all. Pat was playing guitar. Oh, Brian wow. was playing lead. Pat was playing rhythm guitar up front and they had a different drummer. So like you can see in that video, the one with Sarah Barella singing, I wonder if you want me to. Um, so there was a couple of albums where Rivers wasn't playing guitar on stage mm. and he was trying to like be more, not like himself, you know, he's trying, he's pushing himself. Like he's painfully introverted and all these things. He's trying to like be more of a front man. And he did that for a couple of, couple of albums. It's what it is. I mean, Pat's still on the record playing obviously, but it was just because Pat's super, ta- that's the point is he's that talented. So they could, do it. They could pull off a rock because Brian's voice is amazing. Yeah, and just a and so you could you could do if you wrote a rock opera, he could hand it off because he's got the other. I mean, Scott's voice is okay, but Pat and Brian's voices are excellent, so he could easily write well, parts for them. Well, I think what they would do probably is a rock opera. I'd love to see a Weezer rock opera, but I imagine they do similar to what Book of Mormon did. Or the guys, uh, Matt and Trey Parker, which is kind of just write it and then give it to someone else because although i think rivers oh, to turn it own... as a play sure yeah. sure because sure. like, they've done that with quite a few things like a, a, a green day american idiot was one of them which i haven't seen um but there's lots of like biopic-esque things i watched the yeah, jersey yeah. boys frankie valley um, right. amazing really cool show i would love to see either something like that or more so i just want reza to create a, an original rock opera i would love them to create it with all of them singing and stuff on it and a bit more raw create some sort of crazy movie with it and then that get yeah. adapted into a stage into play. a stage show i would yeah, pay with not with different so much money point. so yeah. much money to do to, for that to happen but we have to get to the rankings uh otherwise Let's we go. Have a yes boy so 45 get, minutes in we're yeah, finally getting started. straight into it right so for yeah. me there's 16 but for you there's 15 um so the worst album i think weezer have and once again I think it's still an alright album, but I think their worst album is Pacific Daydream because it's the only album and the way I kind of, especially the middle albums, it gets very hard. It, like I've literally changed the order twice today of, yeah. of, of what the albums are. So there's about 10 or probably eight-ish albums, which are all pretty damn even. And I think it just depends on the day. That's but, exactly what I was going to say when yeah, I get to mine. It, it's it, like, if you it, ask me tomorrow, these middle ones may change. Yeah, the, the top, I think five are fairly, probably the top six, I think, are fairly unchangeable and then the last three i think last three maybe four but then all the ones in between are just kind of how i feel yeah. in the day but the reason i think the way i kind of started this list and the way i kind of first did it was because obviously i listen to things on spotify and it's especially with weezer's back catalog it saved me a fucking fortune um but i went through there and i basically just anytime i heard a song that clicked with me as a song i hit like and then nice. basically uh spotify does the thing we can click on an artist click on their like songs and it just shows you per album just the songs you've liked so i could just oh. easily skim up and down i go okay look I'll at like you t- using technology to i know you. but you'd be Smart. surprised because the middle eight albums all have between four five really four or five tracks i loved and the yeah. rest of the album i think is good so it's so hard to be like okay i've got three albums which have all got 11 songs they're all half an hour long and i like four songs of them and i think two of the four songs are incredible evenly across them so it's a mess but pacific yeah. daydream i only liked one song and even then, I barely remember it. And every time I listened to the album, it felt like I hadn't listened to anything. I'd finish it, and the music would stop, and I go, "Oh, okay." So I just play it again. I go, oh, "I wasn't listening properly." And I felt like I just kept zoning out whenever I listened to Pacific Daydream. And actually, is I it feels like summer? Is that the one you like? Uh, let me take a look. Because I also found that when I got into Weezer, because I got into them through the White Album, um, so I heard the single "Do You Want to Get High," um, which I think is phenomenal as a song, and I was like, "This." This is Weezer. I remember Buddy Holly, a song that I fucking yeah, yeah. hate. I was like, just because I hate Buddy Holly because it plays on the radio so goddamn frequently. On like certain rock stations, are like we love Weezer, we love Buddy Holly, and Islands in the Sun. It's like, do you have anything else? Oh yeah, uh, uh, your name is Jonas. It's like, okay, can you play anything that isn't from the first three albums at all? No, is the answer to that question. Um, yeah. So I, I'm just fucking sick of hearing it, but. Pacific Daydream, um, the one album, uh, the one album, the one song that I liked. I'm literally on Spotify, it's recent, and all, the, all six recent things are Weezer albums. Because <laughs> I keep going, no, this album's the 15th one. Yeah, no, yeah, I know, it's this crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to get it to low, but my Wi-Fi is being terrible. But okay. You, with you, what do you think of Pacific Daydream? Like how? No, it's last for me too. Is it? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. And what it's what actually, makes it last for you, have interest? Well, because I love Beach Boys, because Brian, Brian Wilson 
is Brian Wilson is Rivers. They're the same guy. They're these musical geniuses who are on the spectrum, who are painfully shy, who can't stop writing music, who I think are historically misunderstood. Like Brian Wilson is a genius. And I'm and I know this is like hyperbolic, but like they made a movie about him because I mean, you know, he was in the Beach Boys or whatever. And the movie was great with Paul Dano and John Cusack. It's amazing. But I won't be surprised if in 30 years they make the Rivers Cuomo biopic because like Prince too, they'll eventually make a Prince biopic like Prince also on the spectrum, also an amazing musician. So there's something about, so I think I love beach boys. That's my favorite song on Pacific daydream. And it's Brian, this is Brian's favorite album, which is super weird. Brian loves this album. Uh, Brian okay. from the band. Yeah. Cause Brian um, for clarity for anyone listening is a uh, oh, is the vocalist slash guitarist, keyboardist, main songwriter. You've got Patrick Wilson, who's the drummer. And I think he does quite a lot of backing vocals. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Scott Schreiner, who's the bassist um, and also does keyboards occasionally. And then you've got Brian Bell, who is the guitarist. They all f- sometimes do keyboards and all some degree do backing vocals, but I think yeah. red has somewhat tainted <laughs> what, cause it, cause like, they all do backing yeah. vocals. It's like, well, right, I think right. one album, yeah. they all did vocals. I don't know if they all always do it, but well, well, Brian, Brian's got the best, the best harmonizing voice. Yes. And yeah, you yeah. hear that on Ratitude. And so Brian, Brian's got several side project bands and his voice is smooth, man. Mm. And then Teal, he does the, um, par- he does Paranoid and he sounds just like Ozzy. It's crazy. He's bananas. Anyway, so the reason uh, Pacific Daydream, it's just, it's uneven. And you can tell these were actually songs that were going to be on black. And he mm. just kept putting them aside. It's like, this doesn't feel. So it feels like a hodgepodge. I really love Beach Boys. Uh, feels like summer's fine. Um, and that's just it. So it's like, there's two songs and the other songs again are, are fine songs. Like if I were starting a band and I wrote, you know, get right. I'd be like, God damn, I wrote that song, but it's not, it's compared to their other works. That's what makes it. It was a cast off album. Unlike Mm -hmm. one of my top, top ranked albums was also a cast off album, but it, because it was done over years where Pacific Daydream was kind of done on a whim. They were supposed to do black. And then Rivers was like, listen to these. And Brian was like, let's do that. Mm, I see. Because he's like, because he sent them to Brian and is like, I'm not sure what these are. And Brian was like, I love this. <laughs> the song I like from Pacific Daydream is actually Sweet Mary, but I can't even remember how it goes. Oh, yeah. Okay. I just sure. heard it and I was like, like, and I was like, oh, yeah. maybe because occasionally with a couple of these albums, I was like, you know, Red took me a couple of listens, but I gave it yeah. a bit of extra go because I know how much you like it. So I was like, you yeah, know what? I love- I'm going to keep <laughs> giving it a go. And then, I'll, like, sometimes I find with albums a lot of the time, which is why I get offended when I recommend people albums and they don't finish the album. Because I'm like, I listen to an album. If someone recommends it to me, unless it's literal, like, borderline unlistenable, I tried listening to Megan Thee Stallion's newest album after going, she was quite fun in She-Hulk. No, her album is absolutely atrocious and it's as bad as I thought it would be, unfortunately. I'm not into that. No problem with anyone else who likes her music. I can't stand it was her latest totally album. Totally fair. Yeah. But, I listened to that once and I was like, I never need to listen to that again. With most other music, I try to listen to an album at least twice. There's one to get the vibe and again to get individual songs. And normally a third time I find really helps. And I found that with uh, Pacific Daydream, I listened to about seven times and I, nothing. Just I was just like, totally once, fair. once that yeah. one song, I was like, oh, maybe this is maybe this is it. Now it's clicked to this one song. And then we listen to the album and I was like, oh no, this is, oh, I quite like this one. What's this one? Oh, it's the song I already liked. And then, it, the end, then the thing would end and I was like, yeah, it's pretty weak. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So that came out in 2017. So that's one of their newest ones. Um, yeah. That's in the new age of Weezer. Yeah. What is your second lowest one? Well, I honestly thought it was going to be Hurley, but it turns out it's Black. Funnily enough, Black is my third lowest. I it was. Think, it's Hurley and Black are the bottom uh, three. I put Hurley quite a bit higher, so I won't, oh, okay. I won't spoil. I, I Hurley initially, when we first talked about doing this, I said to you, I think Hurley's yeah. probably their worst album. Yeah, I couldn't I even remember. get through it. I listened to like four songs and I was like, no. Hurley and both Hurley and Pacific Daydream are two albums that when I've been going back listening to Weezer, I hit them and then I stop and I get put off for it. But um, after a few listens, and especially because the deluxe one, Hurley yeah, pushed me and back. I even said to you yesterday, I was like, as I was listening back to Hurley today, I'm like, do I like Hurley better than that? <laughs> and the thing is about it, so with Hurley and Black, they're both kind of like bottom, they're the other two of the bottom. So like I've kind of ranked them. I was going to do four tiers, but you did three tiers. So I'm going to go with the three tiers. So these are the, for hardcore fans only, I own them. As soon as a new Weezer album comes out, I buy it that day. So it's not like I, I don't, I think what it is about Hurley is because its partner album, Death to False Metal, is so mm. much better. Yes. Um, and that's that hurts it. I know it's not fair, but you can only compare it to itself. I mean, that's what you always do. That's what we've been doing this whole time is you compare it to itself. And I know that's what the hardcore, you know, 
first two only people are comparing. And and I, I'm with you. I disagree. Those two are not going to make my top five. Um, but I feel like Black Can't Knock the Hustle is an amazing single. And I know people shit all over it. And there's total cultural cultural appropriation with that opening they, riff. Bum, they bum, don't bum, like bum. Can't, I think Can't Knock the Hustle, legit, that's in my top 10 songs of Weezer. Mine that, too. That yeah, song itself, Can't Knock the Hustle, I heard that. I was like, this is going to be my new favorite Weezer album. And I was like, oh... There's one song on this album I like apart from that, and it's Piece of Cake. And that's it. The rest of the Piece album, I think, is, is really good. vaguely trash. Not we. When I, I'll clarify yeah. again. Weezer version Last time trash. I say, whenever we shit on these albums, it's Weezer's yeah. trash, which is still, like, solid. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it's the same. I feel the same way. So that's it. There's a, I actually like Zombie Bastards, too. Uh, Piece of uh, Cake. I like Die Die is that just because I like I just think it's funny to be funny. fair that was a song that I did keep hearing and every time I heard yeah. it I was like I dislike it a little bit less each time I like mm. it's kind of fun and stupid in a good way I think it's exactly he knew what it was yeah I mean I feel like it's a soundtrack like maybe he was watching his kids like I can almost see him like he walked in and his kids are like playing video games and he started making this song like because as a guy who loves Tom Bombadil and who like loves this songiness left like people shit on tom bombadil and they're like i'm glad he wasn't in the fucking movies but i love tom bombadil and everything is a song and he's singing his life and so i feel like zombie bastards is a tom bombadil song like tom, like i just picture rivers walks in his kids are playing a game and he's and he just starts he's standing in front of the screen da, da. that's how i see it i could be totally wrong so i, I, I just, completely agree oh him doing like virtual reality playing like a call of duty zombies yeah and he's just like die die yeah you zombie and he's like that's quite a good song. And they yeah, just made yeah. a song from it. <laughs> yeah. And then the next one is her. So again, at first I thought Hurley would be last, but upon this route, so I'm going to put Hurley in at third to last. And again, okay. Train wrecks is awesome. And I know people shit on train wrecks. I think that's a great song and smart girls. I sing smart girls. I, it's like, again, you're reaching into my soul and you're saying, who are you into? Smart girls. I love that song. I love the the things that it that it represents. And so I just feel like Hang On is pretty solid. Obviously, the main track Memories was the single is is good. Um, Where's my sex? I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, I don't like this song. But I think the more I've heard it, I'm like, oh, I'm the same. Really with clever. It's I'm, really clever. I'm, I'm the same with Where's My Sex. I, so, I, for me, Hurley, I actually quite like six songs on Hurley. Oh, okay. So, um, so, so for me, it's way actually, higher. Yeah, but the thing is, Hurley's got a little asterisk behind it because it's the deluxe edition has got the song Represent. And it was a single that was right. released for the for football or for the people who are wrong in this world, soccer. Soccer. Um, <laughs> Rivers Cuomo got really into uh, American... Uh, well, world football american soccer um and he wrote a song called represent and it's really cool it's off as his own single it's really really good and then they released a slightly more rocky version which basically just had some like no soccer sounds on it basically of people cheering and stuff and then a little bit more of a guitar-y mix that song it was very close to landing in my top five that song itself for me elevates hurley sure above what it probably deserves if you take that one song out, which isn't even a song that's released for Hurley, hence why I'm a little bit like, eh, yeah. the album ranking but it is, is going to upset people. Yeah. Well, that's it. And that's how I've heard it. Because on Spotify, they just lump a lot of stuff together. Like, yeah. Memories is pretty good. I like Ruling Me. I really like Unspoken. Where's my sex I grew into? Me and too. then yeah. I really like Brave New World. But Represent mm. for me is like the pinnacle. But I find that Hurley's quite fillery, I found. Even though it's quite high in my rankings, I just think it is... I wouldn't recommend Hurley to anyone who's like a... If if I'm saying I want to get you into Weezer, I'm not going to recommend Hurley. Like that's I wouldn't either. Nope. No. So nope. for me, the the bottom three. So the worst for me is Pacific Daydream. The third worst for me is the Black Album. Mm-hmm. Um, the second worst album for me is the Blue Album. So their yeah, first I album. That's where you were going to say. And that's why it's going to offend a lot of people. So it's their first album that came out. I think before I heard Pacific Daydream, I legitimately thought it was the worst. Before I started this Weezer discussion, before I gave it a proper listen without just being, you know conflating myself i was like the album's actively bad i used to genuinely think i was like the album's crap i was like i don't get weezer the album's not good because i've listened to the album in my youth before because weezer are such a big band in the alternative scene people always go on about them and i never gave pinkerton a go but i listened to you know my name is jonas that's all right uh say it ain't so i think is okay buddy holly i think is actually quite a boring crap song but it's tainted because i've heard it so many goddamn times and i'm just it doesn't for me have enough of a hook however Undone's good fun. I like that. 
Um, it's not amazing for me personally. I just think it was like, yeah, it's, it's a pretty good song. Once again, if an unknown band released that as their first track, I'd be like, Fair which they play. did. We, exactly. That's the that's the crux of it. Is that yeah. because I started Weezer with the White Album and Do You Want to Get High, and I've been going back and I've listened to a lot of their great stuff. It has tainted it for me, but I think their best song on the album is the last song, Only in Dreams. I think that outro mm. is it's so simple. But it's so good. And I just think that one song for me really saves it. Because it's a really good it's song. It's so good. And mm. the more I listen to the Blue Album, the more I, I get it. But I, it's weird for me because people who hold Pinkerton up in such high regard that also hold that album in a high regard. It, for me, it's so weird because for me personally, all the stuff I like in the Blue Album, they do in Pinkerton better. For, for yeah, what but I you like can about see it. the growth. It's yeah. huge growth. But then yeah. all the other stuff, all the stuff that they do don't do in Pinkerton that they do in the Blue Album I find they do in Make Believe way better so for me it's kind of like your Blue Album you split it into kind of raw feel indie sound garage band kind of thing and rock mixed with poppy catchy kind of stuff that's the kind of two things that ram together and I find you separate them and you've got Pinkerton and you've got Make Believe and I think Pinkerton and Make Believe are so superior to this album by such a country mile. I think that three songs on Make Believe probably outdo the entirety of this album for me as an individual. So for me, the Blue Album, it just, it didn't have any songs that stood out for me. But that is, with a little asterisk, is tainted because all their big hits I've heard so many fucking times. Sure. No, no. <laughs> I think I think that's totally fair. It's funny because you, I, I just made a note of this because you were like, if I were trying to tell somebody this is the album you should listen to to get into Weezer, it would be Make Believe. It's pretty, that's that's it's that's pretty the album. If you're, tr- if you're yeah. trying to say, like, if you had told your friend listen to Make Believe instead of OK Human, because if they're not into orca- orchestral music, they don't get yeah. what's happening with OK Human. Yeah. But if you're like Make Believe, here is a rock rock band making rock songs that are super fun and tight, and the lyrics are clever, and that's when Scott's was comfortable being in the band because with he wasn't even sure he was in the band with Maladroit. He didn't even know until they were doing the inside pictures for the CD that he was officially because he was just told you're just filling in for Mikey because he toured for Green with Mikey and then he recorded it and they're like it's still Mikey's band and then they were like Mikey's not coming back and they didn't really officially say it. It was just like you're in the pictures. That's how he knew. Because so that's kind of because like the Island in the Sun video that Spike Jones did is just the three of them. Mm. And then, you know, Scott wasn't, they didn't bring Scott because he wasn't officially in the band, even though he was just playing bass. So it's like that kind of thing, like the new guitarist for Rolling, or for Duran Duran isn't in the band technically. Because it's like when Warren left, they replaced him. Like when Andy Taylor left, they replaced him with Warren. And then when Warren left, they just didn't replace him. So like, we're done. You're just going to be guitarist for hire. You don't get to be in the band. Like, yeah. we'll announce you when we're touring. We'll be like, people will know your name and be like, you're that guy in Duran Duran, but you're not in. It's just the four of us now. We're done with that. So it's, and that's what Scott kind of thought it would be at first. And he was like, fine, I just got out of the Marines. What am I doing? I'm just living in Toledo, Ohio, or I could be in Weezer. <laughs> um, so I, I think you're right. I, I hear everything that you're saying. I mean, it's lower on my list. It's in the next tier. It's in the middle tier for me. Blue is in the lower part of the middle tier. Mm. Um, everything you say is true. It, it does have a different place in my heart um because I was there at the beginning. So it's a little bit higher, but I think objectively, and even subjectively, like when you think about what are the ones you go back to over and over, you don't really go back to blue over and over. And actually, when Pinkerton came out in 96, there's another album that came out from a different band, Fountains of Wayne, who I've already mentioned, came out in 96. And that out Pinkerton's Pinkerton and it out Blue's Blue. Fountains of Wayne, Fountains of Wayne, that first one, just the two, because um, Adam and Chris did the whole album themselves. They wrote it, recorded it, played all the instruments, and they hired the other guys in the band to tour. And then those guys stayed in the band. That first Fountains of Wayne album outdoes both of these by a country mile that original pinkerton i agree the deluxe version of pinkerton is better everything that you've you've said is true so i mean but they're kind of still come in at the same place to me because i didn't even know about it until you told me so it's brand brand new for me if we did this again in three years i may be able to be like oh okay now i feel what that is so i think you're right i don't think i mean blue is in the lower part of the next tier for me Mm-hmm. so what's your so what's your your next and we'll because people can get confused when we've got to number one we'll just briefly kind of skip through yeah, yeah. and just say them again so your next back one the next above above what would have been um hurley, hurley. For me. yes yeah so like i guess it would be whatever that is 15 or 14 or whatever it is um is that's that's actually where blue comes in oh nice yeah so yeah so it's not even yeah, there. yeah 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 it's and again i mean again, this is just 
because I think then, um, and then just above that is actually green. Funny enough, green is up next for mine. For, yeah, for yeah. me, the four yeah. worst is it's Pacific, uh, blue, black, then green. That's mm, okay. Yeah, green is right there. And again, green, listen. And that's the end of part one. Thank you so much for listening, as always, my friends. As I said in the intro, if you want instant access to part two, please go over to patreon.com slash genuinechitchat. For as little as one pound a month, you get access to genuine chitchat episodes when they're split into two parts in one go when part one drops on this feed. In addition to that, you get bonus episodes of Afterthoughts at least once a week. So that's when myself and Megan review TV shows and movies and live performances and all kinds of other stuff. Plus, I record book reviews and put them on there primarily for stuff. Star Wars books and me and Megan also talk about road trips we go on on holidays and all kinds of other fun things there so if you want loads of bonus content you want to hear from Megan some more and also you want to get early access to a lot of genuine chit chat content please consider supporting the show it would mean the absolute world to me but what is coming up in part two? Well, as you may have guessed by the way that part one ended, we are continuing our ranking of the Weezer discography. So we rank all of their albums, excluding the covers album, and then we also talk about the season's EPs. We also give our five top songs and talk about how the band has kind of changed across the albums. So I really hope you enjoyed part one and that you will stick around for part two. And obviously make sure you check out the show notes for the Weezer SNL sketch if you haven't already checked that out, as well as Tony's website, the appearances Tony's done on this show in episodes 71 and 88 of January and chit chat as well as my multitude of appearances on indie comics spotlight talking about miracle man shadow service flintstones billionaire island and the second coming plus there is a new initiative that has been launched it's called the pop culture collective it was started by super dummy paul of dummy's guide to geekdom and the era of geek podcast and in essence it's myself tony farina lots of people associated with comics emotion a lot of fresh faces too and it is a weekly newsletter where you get updates on a variety of podcasts as well as lots of other cool things that we put in there that we think is interesting so if you're interested in a weekly newsletter that means you get kept up to date with all the kind of goings on of myself and other things that other people who i often associate with are up to then please consider going to pccnewsletter.com and the link to that is in the description and we'd love to hear your feedback on those things because they are starting to come out and in addition to that, if you check out the show notes, you can find a link to the free Patreon episode where myself and Megan tackle Tom Hanks's Big, which is part of our Tom Hanks watch, which we've just finished That Thing You Do. So there's lots of other cool things to come very soon. In addition to that, what have we got coming up in the future? Well, I've got Rhea Carrigan and Alison Shelton coming on the show shortly to talk about pregnancy and childbirth, trying to get rid of some of the myths surrounding it and talk about real life experiences of something that a lot of people, including myself, don't actually know that much about. In addition to that, I've got a conversation with someone coming up about their mental health journey, which is really, really interesting, but I won't talk too much about that until that is recorded. I have got Tonya Todd and BZ, The Voice, coming on the show to talk about their religious preferences and their kind of views on religion. So it's going to be a very spiritual kind of conversation there. That's going to be in early February. And then I've got a couple of other things rumbling on in the background, but I don't want to speak about them until I've got those recorded and in the bag. But it's very exciting stuff. I'm very, very happy about what's going on for early 2023 already. But if this is your first time listening, please go back through the back catalogue. I've spoken to loads of people about music, some people musicians, some people just about music in general. The best place to go is to youtube.com slash genuinechitschat. You get access to loads of video versions of these conversations, full and unsplit. And in addition to that, all of my stuff is in playlists. So if you just want to hear all the conversations that are just about movies or music or science or religion or any of those things, YouTube is probably the best place where everything is quite nicely organised. But I'm going to stop waffling here. Thank you so much for listening. As always, my friends, please follow me on social media at Genuine Chit Chat. Please rate the show on Spotify, Good Pods, Apple Podcasts, any of those places. Tell your friends about the show. Scream it from the rooftops. And I will just appreciate you even more than I already do. So thank you for listening. As always, friends, I'll speak to you next week with part two of my chat with Tony Farina about Weezer. And then there's plenty more to come after that. So I hope you have a great week and I'll speak to you then. You have just experienced host, creator, everything else are of genuine chit chat and also the host and creator of star wars comics and canon found on the comics in motion podcast mike burton